Over the last, over the, these, this month actually, as many of you would know, uh, we have been journeying on this, on this simple phrase uh, that, we, that we have been uh, learning and understanding what it means to seek God. What it means to seek God as an individual, what it means to seek God as a family, what it means to seek God as a community, and, uh, in, and the, the power, the emphasis, the whatever, whatever adjective you want to add to it, you know, it is, it is essential that as a Christ follower, seeking God becomes a part of your daily uh, lifestyle. You know, and and uh, our promise for this year is is radiant once, right? Uh, I think this is the this is the back to back. I, I want to make sure that I kind of get this into your systems until you kind of really start believing it, uh, until you start professing it over your over your individual lives, over everything that you guys are doing. That uh, that this year is is a is a year for all of us to be the radiant ones that Jesus wants us to be. And and uh, like we have been saying over the last couple of weeks, that radiant ones is the outcome, right? Can you guys type that out with me? It's an outcome. Radiant ones is an outcome. And, and what I really want us to, I think, I think God, in fact, if I would put it that way, God is really challenging us as a community to not just focus on the outcome of being the radiant ones, but God wants us to fall in love with the process. Can everybody say process over here, guys? Can you guys talk back to me, right? Uh, God wants us to fall in love with the process. And the process that, that you and me are talking about is we making this intentional choice to seek God. And over the last couple of weeks, we have been learning from the, from the lives of different, uh, from the life of David, we saw as how he made it a priority to seek God. And, and today, I'm got, we've, we're going to be diving into another uh, character in the Bible. But before that, I just want to ask you this simple question, okay? Make sure that you have your chat ready. Uh, what are some of the big words or phrases that you are surrounded with these days? All right. Now, now uh, I know some of you are going to get super spiritual and uh, type some amazing words over there. Please do that. But COVID, Benji, 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 Benji. <laughs> I thought, I thought that that's old news, bro. COVID is COVID is like so 2020, right? Oh, sorry, 2019. Uh, they call it COVID-19 or whatever. Uh, yeah, we don't care anymore, right? At least we act like that. Uh, vaccine. Okay, that's a, that's a big word. That's a good one, Mamta. Hey, come on, guys. Keep the chat. Uh, uh, populate the chat. Let's see. Bird, bird flu. Okay, vaccine. Stay alive. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. This is getting good, farmers. Okay. This is getting really good. Okay, let's take a couple of more, okay? Anybody, what are some of the big words? What are some of the phrases that you guys have been hearing uh, on a constant basis, whether it's on your social media feeds, it's on your chat? 26 Jan, Johnson, I think you're the only one who would have heard that. Uh, 26 Jan, but okay, we, we'll still take that. If you're one of the fans who used to wake up early morning to watch the Republic Day Parade on DD1, show of hands if that's you. One person, okay. Uh, Right, work from home. All right, okay. WhatsApp. I, how come nobody's saying Signal or Telegram over here? Anybody migrated to Signal yet? Anybody's freaked out because of the WhatsApp policies and, and whatever the news that have been coming out? It's crazy, okay? The other day I was doing some reading and uh, I came across this. Um, uh, I was doing this reading particularly to words of the year or word of the year. 
And, and what, I, what I found surprising is every year, the Oxford Languages team, uh, you know, they gather a collection of, uh, they gather this collection of news content, which is updated daily and contain, and it contains like, you know, different words uh, for their team. And, and I kind of learned this uh, word very recently. I don't know if you guys knew about this. Uh, I think Nikki would know about this word for sure, called lexicographers. Am I saying it right, Vipin? Uh, lexicographers, all right? Uh, who, to search and analyze and narrow down on the word, word of the year. You know, Oxford Languages team, they do, they, they kind of spend so much time and effort. And, and just to kind of help you out, um, Vipin, can you help me put, the, put that up in chat, the, the words year after year? In 2015, the, the word of the year was, was this. It was face with tears of joy. Any guesses what that is? The emoji. That's right, David. In 2015, the word of the year was just that, that, that's, that, 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 that emoji that you see in chat. That was the word of the year according to Oxford languages. All right. In 2016, it was post-truth. In 2017, it was youth quake. 2018, it was toxic. 2019, the Oxford word of the year was climate emergency. Okay, 2020, any guesses, anybody? Pandemic, COVID, right, huh? mask. Right. This is what this is what they said. The Oxford Languages team, when when they were asked this question, "Hey guys, what's the word for 2020? Word of the year for 2020?" This is what they had to say. As our word of the year process started and this data was opened up, it quickly became apparent that 2020 is not a year that could neatly be accommodated in one single word. In one single word. I'm sure some of you feel that way. Uh, these guys are supporting you guys. And, and this is what they went on to say further. So we decided to report more expansively on the phenomenal breadth of language change and development over the year. And this is what they said. This year, we're going to call it words of an unprecedented year. Not a word, but words of unprecedented year. Now, now this is where it gets excited, even more incredible or excited, okay? It took them 11 billion words to search and analyze and come to that conclusion. Not one, not two, not five, not seven. 11 billion words to search and analyze and, and, and uh, to kind of come to that conclusion that, okay, 2020 really can't be put in a single word because that's how crazy it was. Which brings me back to the original question that I started off a couple of minutes back. What are some of the words that, that have been really stuck with you? What are some of, the, some of those phrases that, have, that you have been hearing on a consistent basis? You know? Because whether you're aware of it or, or whether, you hear, whether you're intentionally thinking about it or not, those are, the, those are the very thoughts, those are the very words and phrases that are shaping your moments, that are shaping your decisions, and that are shaping our lifestyles. And, and whether it's through, like I said, whether it's through your intent, 
uh, whether whether it's through uh, you recognizing it, being aware of it, or not being aware of it, your habits and your lifestyles are shaped by the things that are constantly on your mind or by the things that, that your mind hears on a consistent basis. And that is one of the reasons why the scriptures, the, it, the scriptures encourage us and sometimes even command us to hear and treasure the word of God. Right? I mean, I mean, come on. We, we have heard this phrase so many times, right? Like what Johnson is putting up in chat. Wash your hands. I mean, now it's become, now it's become so immune. Like, I'm telling, I'm not making this up. Anyone enters a house, Elia is the first one to tell them, please wash your hands. You know, that's, that's how, that's how, uh, you know, immune or that's how you used to, we have become uh, to, to kind of phrases like that. But the point that I'm trying to make is, the things that you constantly hear, the things that you constantly meditate upon or, or kind of are there in your, in, your, in your circles, those are the very words and phrases that, that make an impact on your mind, make an impact on your habits and your lifestyles. Because those are the very things that have the power to shape and transform you inside out. And that's one of the reasons why we give so much importance to the word of God as, as a community because we know that apart from our lives being shaped by the trends that change, apart from our lives being shaped by the culture and, and the postmodern truth and, and, the, and various theories and philosophies that keep on evolving, what we truly desire as a community is that our lives are shaped and transformed by the word of God. Are you guys with me on that? Right? And, and that's why we give so much emphasis that, that this month we, we want to set aside this time to kind of really understand what it means for you and me to make this intentional choice to seek God in everything that we do and uh, in, in all that we are as well. Whether it comes to our identity, it comes to us doing church together, us doing life together. Because let me tell you this, seeking God is an active decision. It's not a passive one. Seeking God is an active decision. It's not a passive one because there are some steps and actions that we need to take that allow us to experience God in our everything. And talking about word of the year, let me take you to this particular time in the scriptures where the two most probable words for the people of Israel uh, for, for a long time were possibly rebellion and oppression. Can you say that out with me or can you type that out? Rebellion and oppression. Rebellion and oppression. We're going to be learning from someone this evening who decided to continue seeking God and being obedient to him even though most of the people around that person were living in denial to God's existence, let alone God's expectations. And, and I believe this is a very timely word for us as a community. Because, and, and the reason I say that, because the times that we are living in are pretty much on the similar lines, if not the same. We're going to be talking about Deborah from the Bible this evening, who is one of the most unique characters that is mentioned in the Old Testament. Uh, and, and though there are just these two chapters that have been dedicated in the scriptures uh, that, that kind of give us an idea of her life and all that she did, uh, what, what really fascinates me is the time and the moment in history where God chose a person like Deborah and caused her to be one of the most influential figures in the history of Israel. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but I hope this, this word for this evening gets all the ladies excited. 
Are you guys there? Ladies, show of hands. And all the men, I hope, I hope we can learn from, from, from this too because we're going to really be understanding and learning how this woman made it her lifestyle to seek God. And, and the scriptures talk about, uh, talk about, this, uh, about Deborah and this is how they, they introduce. In Judges chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, this is the introduction that we get about Deborah. It says, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now listen, before, before you and me kind of go all the way wandering about what's happening in this particular passage uh, that we're going to be reading on more from, let me kind of set this up for all of us. There are some obvious things that we should be aware about when we are studying about the life of Deborah. The exact narrative of the story might not fit into our current cultural settings or, or just generic settings that we live in. However, there are some powerful God principles at work through her life. Through her life. And I'll, I'll tell you why. You know, Deborah was a judge that was appointed for the people of Israel. She was not appointed by man. She was appointed by God. And, and like I said, the, the, the time and the moment where God chose a person like her because she is the only female judge that the Bible talks about. She's the only female judge that the, that the Bible gives a description about and, and talks about all the things that God did through her life. She's not just a, a judge, she's this gifted leader, she's a prophetess, and she's a brilliant strategist. I'll tell you why I say that. But, but for all of us to, to come on the same page when it comes to this particular conversation, I want, to, I want to tell you that the times during this time in the scriptures were really different. The people of Israel had just come out from their slavery days in Egypt. Uh, but they, they still continued being in rebellion. Like I said, you know, two big words, rebellion and oppression. They continued being in rebellion and did what they thought was better for them. Have you, have you tried that out? Doing what, what you think is better for you? until somebody has to tell you otherwise. Been there, done that, right? Now, that's, that's, that's pretty much the people of Israel, all right? And, and there was this time where, where the outbreaks of battles and outbreaks of, of wars was, was pretty common. It was the nature of governance was very different from what we know about or think about because instead of a king or instead of a democratic front, let Hear me when I say this, instead of a king or instead of a democratic front, the people of Israel were under theocracy. That means God was the ruler of the people. Now, now you'd say, hey, Nenad, God is always a ruler, right? And of course, that, that is true. But at, during that point, the people were looking to God and God was their king. And Deborah was appointed as a judge to, to kind of, you know, bring in the perspective, the word of God, the perspective of God and the plans of God to the people of Israel. And, and here's what, 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 the, what the unique part about this lifestyle or, or this person is. She was leading through times of spiritual decline. She was, she was, she was put up, in, she's caught up in this time and this moment in history where people are just focusing on doing their own thing. You know, you, you think you do, you just came up. It's, it's, it goes all the way back in the book of Judges. I'm not, I'm not kidding. 
People just wanted to do what they felt like doing, whenever they felt like doing. And, and the expectations of God did not matter at all. And, and Deborah is taking leadership. Deborah is, is kind of bringing in the, the reality and the truth of God to those kind of people that are caught up in the spiritual decline where moral and societal compromises were at its peak and, and corruption was at its peak. Like I said, this, the times that you and me are living in is pretty much similar. Correct me if I'm wrong. The chat is open. And she's leading through, these, through this crazy time and that's what stands out. That's what stands out about her life that in the midst of all of this that is happening around her, she still chooses to seek God. She still chooses to seek God and, desire, and has this strong desire to make him known to the people of Israel even during those oppressive years. And that is the identity and quality of her life that makes seeking God a lifestyle. Can you guys type that out with me? A lifestyle. That's what we're going to be focusing on the, pretty much this entire evening. That seeking God is not just something that we do or for a particular hour or for a, for a particular time or for a particular time in the month or a week or on a given day. But seeking God is a lifestyle. And that's what Deborah is helping us see because when others around us, when others around you are in chaos and panic, you are fully aware of the peace that Jesus brings to you. When, when others around you are falling prey to the temptations and the compromising attitudes, you are rock solid when it comes to living out your convictions and modeling Jesus through your life. When, when others around you are giving in to fear and, and giving in to oppression, you give in to your faith and your obedience to Jesus Christ. And we see Deborah do all of this, that she's not doing this in her own strength or in her own understanding, but she's doing this out of a pure revelation of the living God that she's representing. And, and that's what I want to talk to you for the next few minutes, that seeking God personally stirs you up to know the heart of Jesus Christ. If you, if, you, if you want to understand what it means for you and me or why is this even important to seek God, if you really want to know what Jesus has to say about you, you and me need to make this intentional choice to seek God. We need to personally seek God, not just as, a, as, as, as friends, not just as a community, not just as family. We do all of that, but there is also responsibility that lies on your shoulder and my shoulder to, to personally seek God. Jesus in everything and the people of Israel were used like I said they, they, they were pretty much used to doing all that please themselves and not even caring about what pleases God on a side note let me let me just ask you this right is everything in your life pleasing to God is everything in your life pleasing to God I mean when it comes to the choices that you make do they please God when it, when it comes to the habits that you cultivate, do they, do they really resonate with the desires that Jesus has for you? When, when, it, when it comes to the plans, when it comes to the plans and the dreams that you have, you know, we, we can talk about the best and the biggest and the, and the amazing dreams. But let me ask you this. Are those plans, are those dreams, are those ambitions are in alignment to what God expects out of your life? Do we really please God 
through our life. See, because all these life scenarios that I just mentioned get a deeper and a holistic perspective when we make seeking God as a part of our lifestyle. And, and then these situations are not just roadblocks, they are opportunities. Can you guys say that with me? They, they become opportunities. When, when you and me hit a crossroad, we don't do things just on our own intellect. We don't do things just on our own understanding. We don't do things just based on our own expertise or our experience. We rely on the word of God. We rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us and carve a way out of us. Because like the Bible says and like how we sing about it, he is the way maker. He's not just a promise keeper, but he is a way maker as well. So... You know, our willingness to hear more from God eventually helps us explore our life's assignment. And Deborah's life, Deborah's primary assignment was to see beyond the present situations and bring the purposes of God into sharp focus. That's what she was assigned to do, to, to help see beyond. To help see beyond. Come on, if you guys are still with me, please use your emojis. I hope you guys have not walked away from your screens or your chat. You know, just leaving this thing on and just moving around. I mean, it's fine if you're moving around and, and still enjoying uh, this conversation. But, but come on, man, let's, let's do this together. I don't just want to be that one talking only. You guys can respond at least. And... And this is, this, is the, this is the incredible part that God started real, uh, kind of depositing in my heart when I was just reading these two chapters uh, from, the, from the life of Deborah. Uh, in, in, in times where the most common thing to do is sit back, you know, kind of relax and, and do what you feel like you're doing or whatever you feel like you want to do, Deborah models for us what it means to pursue the heart of God. And, and like I said, if you, if, you read that part, if you read that particular time, uh, the, the, the entire chapter 4 of Judges, you see that the people of Israel were in oppression. The king that was the enemy uh, kind of were, were dealing with them in a cruel way, not just for one year, two years, three years, but for a time span of 20 years, Israel was under oppression by this particular king. Now that's a long time, people. That's, that's two decades of, of being tortured. That's two decades of, of kind of bearing with all the possible torture, the emotional torture, or whatever it could look like, the possible pain that they had to bear as a nation for 20 years. Now that's a long time. And, and when it comes to Deborah and, and the mandate and the call of God upon her life, she does it in a very unique way where she, she takes this responsibility to encourage people she takes this responsibility to equip the people around her by the with the timely word of God. With the timely word of God. Because the shackles of our spiritual oppression, the shackles of our bondage are not broken by gaining more information, but they are broken by a fresh revelation from God. I don't know what, 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 what challenges or what oppressive See scenarios that are happening in your life if you guys feel like you have been taken captive by certain situations but I want to tell you if you want to if you want to really make a difference in that particular area of your life it's not going to happen if you just focus on gaining more information about that situation you and me we need a fresh revelation from the word of God and that's what Deborah was doing 
she was helping them see for 20 years the people of Israel were in turmoil and, and they were dealt with in a harsh manner and the pure outcome uh, this, this was because of their frequent and consistent disobedience and rebellion against God and, th and this, is, this is what it says right in, in Judges 4 uh, yeah verse 3 it says then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help for he had 900 chariots of iron and he oppressed the people of Israel cr uh, cruelly for 20 years this is the king the op opposition king who dealt harshly with these people can I can I just say this sometimes you and me we need these spiritual Deborahs in our life to, to bring out the faith that God has instilled in us. Because let's be honest, right? Not every single day you wake up with, with a bucket load of faith. Anybody? Not, not every single day you wake up singing, oh God is good. Not every single day you wake up, uh, you know, believing all the promises that, that, that God has given, or, uh, given to you, God has spoken over your life. Not every day we feel, like, we, we feel like talking about it, but we need a person like Deborah. We need those spiritual Deborahs in your life who help us see and experience the power of a God revelation. Not more information because that's plenty out there. But we need a fresh God revelation rather than just continuing sulking and living in bondage and living in spiritual oppression and living in those pressures of life on a day-to-day -day basis. So I want to tell you church, surround yourself with people who live their lives from a God revelation. You want to make a better 2021? You really want to thrive. You really want to, you want to make sure that you have the peace, the joy, and, and, and kind of that exuberance to kind of look at 2021 and, and live. I want to tell you, surround yourself with people who live their lives from a God revelation. Johnny is sure going to earn some brownie points tonight. Praise God for wives, right? You know, I'm talking about the kind of people who encourage you. I'm talking about the kind of people who, who, if needed, even push you to receive from God what you need in this current season. Because this life is not about what you have and what you don't have. This life means more when it comes to asking this question, who do you have in your life? Who do you have in your life? You know, because the Israelites made some intentional choices. Everybody makes intentional choices. Whether you know it or you don't make, know it, you are still making choices. The Israelites made some choices. When they landed themselves in trouble, they chose to please themselves. They, they were living in disobedience to God. They, they eventually were, were under uh, bondage and like, like the scriptures say, living under oppression for, for a long time of 20 years in this particular time. And what I like about Deborah, she's not ignorant of, this, of the realities of life. See, faith does not ask you to be dumb, okay? Having faith in Jesus is not playing dumb to the realities of life. Faith is, is we see that out of, the, uh, uh, we see from the life of Deborah that as much as she was surrounded with this reality, as much as she was surrounded with this bunch of people who did not prioritize uh, seeking God, she was living in the midst of them, but the reason she was able to do what God had asked her to do because she was in sync with the truth of God. She was in sync with the truth of God. Deborah was not ignorant to the facts. 
I want to ask you this simple question. Are you, are you in sync with who Jesus is in your life? Are you in sync with what God is doing in your life right now, this very season? Or are you just allowing the emotions and, and the realities and the facts around your life to dictate how your life is, is being shaped up? Because one way or another, it is being shaped up, I, I tell you. One way or another, it is, it is, your life is being shaped in some way, in some form. And a life that is seeking Jesus in a habitual manner is in sync with what God is doing in the now. So I want to ask you this question, or maybe since, since you guys are, are, are already active on chat, why don't you ask this question to somebody on the chat? Are you in sync with Jesus? Come on, can we just flood the chat with that question? If you want to ask it to somebody specific, just go ahead and put it out there. Are you in sync with Jesus? Are you in sync with Jesus? Are you in sync with Jesus? Because I'm telling you, man, this, this year, Radiant Ones will, will definitely be a part of, of all that we do as a lifestyle, uh, all that we desire to do this year. But if, if we are far away from Jesus, or from what Jesus really wants from us, I think we're, we're going to miss out on something big this year. And, and the reason I, I picked on this particular passage is because it models for you and me the... the, the the practicalities of life when not every time you have that faith. The story of Deborah is not complete until we talk about this guy called Barak. And, and some of you would have read about this guy in the same chapter or, or in chapter 4 and chapter 5. Uh, this military leader of the tribe of Israel whom God appoints to lead people into battle to fulfill, their, to fulfill his call and to fulfill his assignment. And, and I'm just going to kind of wrap this up uh, with, with, with the life of Barak. You know, there, there comes a time where, if I have to paraphrase a conversation that is written in Judges 4, <clears throat> Deborah has to remind Barak of, the, of what God has spoken to the people of Israel, of what God has spoken to him, Barak, uh, and, and say that, hey, don't you know that God has already told you it says in verse 6, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 uh, from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. And it says, I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jebin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. You know, this is, this is an assurance that, that Deborah is giving Barak, you know, because possibly, possibly, the people and the army of Israel, they were, they were so overwhelmed with the realities and the facts that they, they did not have the faith to accept what God was speaking to them in truth. Anybody been overwhelmed or burdened with the realities and facts around your life? I want to tell you, find your Deborahs. All the single guys, if you're getting excited, maybe this is the time to get excited. If you guys have any Deborahs in your contacts, just make sure that they're single. Uh, they're, they're not dating anybody. Neeraj, just make sure, all right? Uh, we don't want to cause any havoc this year. Uh, 
But I'm telling you, man, if you want to grow in your faith, if you want to grow uh, in, in, in the truth of God, in experiencing the truth of God in your lives, surround yourselves with Deborah, uh, with, the, with the spiritual Deborahs, because that is what Barak did. His ability to trust Deborah as a voice for the people was commendable. See, because sometimes if I have to look at things from the, from, from the lens of the, the life of Barak, right? He was so overwhelmed because possibly they had given in to all that was happening to them. We, sometimes we don't have the right perspective. We don't have enough faith to see and hear what God is doing. Can I tell you a tip? When you find, when you find yourself in moments like this, it's always better to hang around with people who have a God revelation or who have a perspective from God. It's, it's better to hang out with people who are filled with faith. And, and it's not that Barak was not lacking, uh, it's not that Barak was lacking skills or a strategy or, or talents to lead the people or lead his troop to war. What Barak was, what Barak needed was a reminder of the true identity of God who was with them, who was with the people of Israel. And I, even as I close this out, it's amazing that Judges 4 in verse 14, you know, Deborah has to step into this conversation with Barak again and has to bring in this timely word, this rhema word, and, and kind of help Barak see the, the truth that God speaks to his people where, he, where she tells him, up for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. And I love this statement that, that she tells Barak. Does not the Lord go out before you? Does not the Lord go out before you? All that, Deborah, all that Deborah did was remind Barak of the God who never gives up on his people. All that Deborah did was to help Barak fix his eyes on the truth about God's covenant with his people rather than the facts that had surrounded them. You know, there's one thing that I want you to take away from this talk, Zealous, is this powerful reminder and maybe this question that God is challenging you with. Does not the Lord go out before you? Does not the Lord go out before you, David? Does not the Lord go out before you, Renal? Does not the Lord go out before you, Auntie Esther, Ash, Mamta, Harry, Annie? Nikki and every single person who's watching this, does not the Lord go out before you? See, there's, there's, there's pretty much happening around us right now. But the realities, the facts and the truth, and, and it's kind of pretty, pretty, pretty much going around us to kind of bog you down with loads and loads and loads of information that is not helping you in any way. This is pretty much what our situation looked like until we encountered Jesus in the worst and challenging moments of your life. You know, life may have surrounded you with oppression, with fear, with, with panic, and the facts might be blaring out certain realities to you. But Jesus, through his love and his sacrifice, cut through those facts cut through the grip of fear over your life and he's the one who has delivered us from our sins and our, and our rebellious past to a glorious new future in him. 
and it's our faith and it's our obedience to Jesus that helps us experience this new life and this new future that God has for each and every one of us. And he's reminding some of you today that let your heart and every part of your being know this that against all odds, I am with you. Against all odds, I will lead you. Against all odds, I will guide you. As, as individuals, as families, as a community, let us learn from the boldness and the wisdom that Deborah displayed to help her people, to help the ones that God had assigned her to lead and see the truth about what God spoke about the people. Against all odds, Deborah sought God for wisdom and brought God's truth and His perspective in every situation against all odds Barak led his troops to war and emerged victorious because of his willingness to listen to the truth and take counsel from someone and against all odds Jesus took the responsibility to free humanity from the grip of sin from the grip of fear and from the grip of eternal death I'm telling you church, I'm telling you zealous, a lifestyle of seeking God is never in vain. I want to say that again to somebody, a lifestyle of seeking God is never in vain. So though we may be living in the most complex of times and seasons, I want to tell you, let it not distract you, let it not discourage you, let it not disappoint you from having a lifestyle that seeks Jesus, that trusts in Jesus, trusts in the leading of His ways, trusts in, in, in the words that are penned down in the scriptures for you and me. Because the more we fix our eyes on Jesus, the more we fix our focus on Jesus, we get better at making decisions. We get better at making wiser choices. And we, we, are, this bold, we are bold to face the uncertainties and the difficulties. Because I want to just close off by telling you this. Our courage and our might arises out of our communion with God. Our courage and our might arises out of our communion with God. What a legacy that we see in the life of Deborah. What, what an amazing story we see when, when a person like Barak decides to submit to somebody who, who, who has a God revelation and decides to say that, hey, you know what? If you will go with me, I will go with you. I may not get all the glory. I may not be the one who would be uh, you know, given all the credit for this battle. But as long as you go with me, I'm ready to fight this along with you. I'm telling you, sometimes we need the Deborahs, but sometimes we also need to learn to be the Baraks, where we learn to take counsel from the people who have a God revelation and who have that, that, that zeal, that passion to encourage you, to bring out the best in you and to see how God is willing to lead you in the midst of all the chaos and the challenges. So I want to close off with this challenge. I want to close off with this challenge are you, are you willing to affirm yourself this evening with this simple truth? Against all odds, does not the Lord go out before you? Against all odds, 
does not the lord go out before you i want you to to really just take maybe a minute if not much to to really see where you need to apply this affirmation in your life i don't know if you if you if you have reached crossroads i don't know if you have reached places where where you don't know what to do i don't know if you have if you have reached moments in your life where you are so fatigued and bogged down by the realities and the facts that have been screaming into into your ears and into your lives but i want to challenge you tonight because this is the truth and this is the word of god for all of us and this is the presence of the living god assuring you and affirming you and asking you this simple question does not the lord go out before you Zealous this is the year when we make seeking God a lifestyle he is going to show up for us through your personal times let's seek the heart of Jesus through our community times let's seek who Jesus is for all of us i don't know where where you're watching this from right now but can i just ask you to apply this simple truth of God over your life Maybe it's time you need to start having this conversation with yourself and remind yourself, "Hey, Nanak, does not the Lord go out before you? Isn't he the one who started this journey for you? Isn't he the one who has promised you? Isn't he the one who's given you this covenant? Isn't he the one who's spoken those promises over your life? Isn't he the one who has been faithful when you almost thought of giving up? Isn't he the one who made sure that he held you by your hand and took you through those deepest, darkest moments of your life so that you could emerge victorious? so that you could live according to your true design and your true identity that Jesus has for you against all odds does not the lord go out before you we're so glad you've been listening in if you'd like to know more about us follow us on insta at zealous pune or visit us online at zealous.community